the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He is Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and we're going to start off with more death. Yeah, because it's fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we had, I thought, uh, plenty of people who died last week in, in this particular business. And then about 10 minutes after the show went up, they tell us that uh, Nichelle Nichols died. Yeah. Yeah. Who I... I honestly think that she is one of the most important people in the history of television. I would agree. Um. I don't think what I, I will. Yeah, it's her importance cannot, I really don't think it can be overstated. As, no. as someone no less than Martin Luther King said, it's like she's the first black person that they ever saw on TV that wasn't playing the help, basically. Yeah. Um, and famously, she was thinking of quitting because she had an opportunity on Broadway and she felt that, you know, she didn't really have big storylines that she had really hoped for. And Martin Luther King talked to her <laughs> backstage at a fundraising event and said, you really please stay because <laughs> you are providing a huge service. You're a beacon for people. And and she ran with it and wound up recruiting. I can't remember what the figures were, but I believe uh, after she went on a very strong recruiting campaign for women and minorities for NASA. And this is, I believe, before the movies came out, but after the, the show was over, the original series. And they bumped up their numbers from something like 300 Total minority applicants are 400 to 10,000. That's an impact. Yeah. No, and, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. And, and a wonderful actress. Oh, yes. So. Great singing voice, by the way. Oh, my God. Yes. Which which they took advantage of on occasion on the show, which is great. And on the new, uh, the Strange New Worlds, obviously a new actress. But, I mean, they're playing into that 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 aspect of Miyoto her as well so yeah that was I thought the same thing is like seriously it's like as if it's the as if the issue is that oh we'd finish the show and we didn't get to talk about that but it's like that's that's a major a major loss for the industry and a major loss for activists yeah so. uh, I mean shortly after that Bill Russell died and I realize he's not really an entertainment person, but you know, sports are an entertainment. I'm I'm counting yeah. it. They are, and and another person who absolutely transcended his field and was very active yeah. in the civil rights movement, and and it's kind of hard to have a bigger impact in the industry than Bill Russell. I mean, he's overlooked all too often as as the goat, and. Just recently, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, another person who's often mentioned as the GOAT, had a great comment about that. He said that the whole concept of, like, the greatest of all time, that's just kind of a false – because it's like everyone's playing in different teams, different plays, different positions, different eras. There really can't be a single greatest of all time, and while it's fun to still argue about, well, this is the best player ever, like, he's right. It's really hard to compare a center in the 50s and 60s with a shooting guard in the 2020s i mean the game is so different so but it Russell, is it's, if, although if any, 
anybody could be called the greatest of all time. Kind of hard to argue with that guy. Actually, you mentioned the comparing uh, generations thing. Uh, uh, there was a quote from another another goat, uh, Michael Jordan, who yep. said that they said, "Could your ninety five ninety six Bulls do well against LeBron's Lakers?" And he said, "Well, we might beat him by two or three points." And go just two or three points. And Jordan said, "Well, yeah, most of us are in our sixties and seventies now." Yeah, exactly. I knew where, that's why I laughed because I knew where that was going because of that too. That's one of my favorite <laughs> quotes uh, ever. I think. Anyway, uh, back to back to death. Jeez, we don't need this. Uh, Paul Carroll, or I'm sorry, not Paul Carroll, Pat Carroll, uh, who is among other things the voice of Ursula in the Little Mermaid movie, uh, died this week. And speaking of voices, Vince Scully. Yep. A long, long time announcer for the Los Angeles, well, even Brooklyn Dodgers. Yes. Um, as, he was as, the voice of baseball in the 80s. Yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, as, as one obituary put it, it's like he actually worked with Connie Mack. The two of them spanned 130 years of baseball. Those two guys, and they actually worked with them for a year. That's Your volume just got really, really disappeared, dude. Oh, that's good. Anyway, hopefully it's back, but... Uh, You're getting there. Very weird. But just saying that uh, one of the obituaries for Vin Scully mentioned that he had worked with Connie Mack for a year, and that combined, they covered 130 years of baseball. Just those two guys. Uh, that's pretty important to, to the game. And at least in all of these instances, none of these people were taken like in their youth. They'd all lived very full lives, but it's still, it's still a, a big loss. And for the people who knew them and for their fans, it, you know, it's like, okay, even if they're in their nineties, it's still, it's like, ugh, yeah, it's when they go. Actually, you want something taken in its youth? Let's go to a movie that got killed off this week. Yes. The New York Post suggests that the upcoming Batgirl movie tested so poorly with preview audiences that, and here's a quote, the studio decided to cut its losses and run for the sake of the brand's future. So Batgirl's not coming out. It is not coming out in theater. It is not coming out on HBO. It's not coming out on any other streaming platform. It is not coming out on disc. Expect to find it on a BitTorrent site anytime now. Yeah, except even that won't happen unless somehow it's... It's got to be leaked. Unless someone decides that, oh, it really was a Zack Snyder film, in which case they'll dump money into finishing the... Because they haven't finished... It's not even in post-production yet. And that's the that's the thing. Actually, no, that's what I, I've heard. It actually has it, it had like five percent left of post production. Uh, that's still there's was, a big difference between talk, you know we were talking before about the the She Hulk and it's like oh did they really finish that when this and notice how the more recent previews oh, yeah. look different. It's like that can make a big difference. One one of the big things about this is. There a lot of uh, stories are saying no, it wasn't that it had bad test because they don't just cancel a movie because it has 
bad test screenings, they change the movie. They don't just throw $90 million away. They, they, they took a $420 million write-off on a lot of projects. Yeah. I think this was just part of it. Uh, I'm not saying that, oh, it tested great. I'm sure that was part of the story, but this is hardly the only property that they dumped. They are, yeah. They've dumped dozens of properties. They laid off 70% of their development staff on scripted shows. This is a Supergirl, huge the, the forthcoming Supergirl movie, not going to happen. The Wonder Twins movie, not going to happen. Uh, Flash got canceled. Uh, the TV series, not necessarily the movie. Right. Um, but um, that one we knew was coming. The Scoob movie got canceled. So, I mean, a lot of things got canceled. It's not – the Batgirl thing is definitely the biggest story, especially because Michael Keaton was going to be in this too. Uh, and it was – there were was a mostly lot dumped. of things that they dumped. <clears throat> a lot of things that they dumped. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's even discussion of whether HBO Max is still going to be around or they're going to fold it in as a, as a tab for Discovery Plus, which would be really insane because HBO Max, by all accounts, is doing quite well as a streaming property. So you really have to wonder, as is, as is typical, what what the hell is going on with Warners? I mean, it's a new company now, and they're still doing incredibly stupid things. Well, speaking of incredibly stupid things, I saw this earlier this week and thought to myself, wow, this could have been weird. Let's see what Todd and I can do with it. Uh, the Beatles. That's right. The Beatles. They wanted to do a Lord of the Rings film. And they had apparently gotten Stanley Kubrick on to direct it. Mercifully, the Tolkien, uh, I don't know if it was the estate or if Tolkien was still around at the time. Uh, he said, no, you're not doing that. And the world went good. But just for fun, I thought, you know what? Let's cast this Lord of the Rings film and see how this turned up with the, the 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 Beatles have to be the Hobbits. The Beatles have to be the Hobbits, yes, because they're going to be the comic relief as much as that exists. I mean, I cast each one. Did you cast them individually? or? I, I, I have got Aragorn, Boromir, Legolas, Gimli, Gandalf, Sauron, and Radagast. No, I mean, well, I, yeah, I don't have Radagast, but I mean, as far as the Hobbits themselves, did you cast them individually? As oh, no, I did not. I really struggle with that because initially I thought because Frodo has to have that sweet kind of sentimental vibe to him, but Samwise does too. And I thought really George and Ringo go better with that, but they're not ever going to do that. They're not going to cast George and Ringo. No, it, it, it has to be John and Paul. Yeah, it has to be John and Paul. So I figured John would be Frodo because he has a little bit of an edge to him when you know, when he gets kind of crazy. And Paul can be Samwise, the, the sweeter character. And then George is Mary and Ringo is Pippin because Pippin is the fool of a took and that fits Ringo better. But yes, I have Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, and Boromir, and Galadriel. And Ar Ar oh, you got Ar Galadriel. I did not get to Galadriel. Yeah, so uh, let's start with, well, let's start with Gandalf. In instead of Aragorn, let's start with Gandalf. All Who right. Did you pick for him? Gandalf. I think this kind of works. And I'm actually going to mix this in with Sauron because I think both of these guys could pull off both of these roles 
but because the characters are like this, they're almost interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Gandalf, I like Jimi Hendrix, and Sauron, I like Frank Zappa. <laughs> so I went in a totally different direction. You went with like, at least I'm gathering, you went with like all music industry. Oh, absolutely. And I went with all actors, British Uh-oh. actors from the 60s. So it's going to be very different. So I went with Alec Guinness for Gandalf and John Gielgud as Saruman. All, could have gone with Christopher Lee playing Saruman again. He would have been a younger version, but I went with Alec Guinness and John Gielgud. That works. Yeah, I went I went all musicians. <laughs> see, I went with a movie that someone might actually want to see. Oh, what's the point in that? <laughs> no, I mean, some of these have done acting. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean they're actors. Um <laughs> That's true, like the Beatles. Uh, Aragorn. I I went with Roger Daltrey on that. Well, Roger Daltrey actually is a decent actor. I, I mean, yeah. You kind of have to go with Sean Connery. I mean, for Aragorn. So as far as actors go. In the sixties, yes. And and Kubrick probably would have not done that. Kubrick, well, Kubrick probably wouldn't have done the movie anyway, even if they had said okay. But that's who I would. That's why. Who you got for Boromir? Boromir, I went with Oliver Reed. Because he can play that kind of uh, somewhat villainous edge. Where was Stampton, so. I went with Bob Dylan because I wouldn't mind seeing him pierced with a lot of arrows. <laughs> that would explain the scene, Stop. Totally would explain that. All right. Legolas? Who you got? Legolas? Well, we need someone skinny. True, true. Mick Jagger. <laughs> Jagger totally would work for like again someone who actually he he's acted uh, well he he's been in movies he's okay I went with Michael Caine and that plays really well because he and Sean Connery played in in films together more than a few times as well so I went with Michael Caine he was relatively skinny back then uh, that'll work for yeah. Gimli I went with Donovan. <laughs> For Gimli, I went. I, I left the the the, the Brit the British Isles, and I went with Zero Mostel because oh that'd work because he kind of looks like Gimli anyway, and and he is of 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 the non hobbits, he is the comic relief. And hello, Zero Mostel, hell. Uh, so yeah, that's who I went with. Um, Galadriel. I'll just I'll just jump to the the. The triumvirate of the females went with Julie Christie for Galadriel, Diana Rigg for Arwen, and Vanessa Redgrave for Eowyn, because they were all um, lovely ladies in in the 60s and 70s and 80s as well. But, I mean, in this time period, they would all fit, and all excellent actresses. And Vanessa Redgrave especially, play of Eowyn, would have really been able to pull that off. Um, Do we have an Elrond? I did not do Elrond. I've got I've got Richard Burton for Elrond. See, I did do Radagast because I thought Pink Floyd's original member Sid Barrett would work. <laughs> I did not do Radagast. I did do Denethor, uh, James Mason as Denethor going insane. I thought that would have been a lot of fun. Oh, that would work. Uh, Peter O'Toole as Eomer because mainly because Carl Urban was probably not born yet, so he couldn't play him. Uh, Richard Harris as Wormtongue because he would have a lot of fun with that. 
and the the drinking parties between Burton and Harris and Kane would have been epic. Would have been very fun to hear about how that <laughs> happened. Um, the Witch King, David Prowse, because he's yeah. a big guy, and Kubrick used him in A Clockwork Orange, so that fits. And Gollum. See, I I just went with the I went with the Fellowship and plus Saruman and Radagast. You have gone much farther than I have. Who do you got for Gollum? For Gollum, I, actually, you know, if you're, we're going with uh, your volume's disappearing again. Oh, good. Hopefully, it will come back soon. If we're going with the musicians, I can totally see Mick Jagger would have been great as Gollum. But I went with Malcolm McDowell as Gollum. See, I was thinking Billy Barty, but that's kind of being. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, um, I think we're all quite lucky that uh, this film version never came to fruition, either one of them. So. Well, how's this? For films that don't, don't come to fruition, I'm kind of hoping this one doesn't because I am having a lot of trouble. And yes, I'm switching stories. Seeing Jake Gyllenhaal remaking Roadhouse for MGM or Amazon, we're not really sure which. Yeah, that's... I mean, I really, really like like Jake, but I'm not too sure about him and Roadhouse. Just I'm, just I'm not seeing it. Yeah, that doesn't seem like he fits that character at all. At, at, Unless uh, he's playing the skinny blonde girl that, anyway. <laughs> not, that he, not that he can't. I mean, he's a terrific actor, but I can, he's not the person I think of playing that kind of a role. It just seems like a very odd choice. Very odd Actually, I wanted to throw this story in because I have nowhere else I can put it. And it, it's TV related. And I think it's I think it actually ought to be interesting because we haven't seen one of these in a while. I'm going to wander into the world of professional wrestling for a minute. AEW wrestling uh, has come on really big and become not just really a contender with the WWE, but actually passing it in several places. Um, but they they have one complaint, really, is that the roster was so big and the roster they've got is huge, is that it was pushing the women wrestlers off of television because they just they were they had so many men on the roster. They have a ton of really talented women, too. So what they're doing is creating all elite women as a TV show. And it is going to be an all-female wrestling show. And they have got it, unlike the WWE, which, and I apologize to anyone who does not actually fit this category in the WWE, a lot of them are, look at the pretty faces and scantily clad outfits. Yeah. Um, these, the women in AEW, I, they're, I'm not going to say they're, what, they're not as attractive. No, all of them can actually wrestle. Which, with the exception of Vicky Guerrero being brought back as a manager, please don't let her be on TV that much. Yeah. Um, I'm actually quite interested in this because they've got a bunch of very talented women wrestlers. So, yay. And, and I was thinking, and you go back farther than I do just for yay. sheer being on the planet. Yes, indeed. Do you remember a women's wrestling show on TV that wasn't uh, like the glow movie. That wasn't glow. No. Um, and that's, that's what has me concerned. It's like, I, I think 
to me, they would be better served is not putting it on a separate category because to me that's almost like they're going to shuffle them off to their to the ghetto to the women's wrestling ghetto and absolutely they actually have female wrestlers uh wwe has gotten better but still i mean for a long time i mean they would have like maybe one or two women who could actually wrestle and the rest of them were just faces yeah costumes and and they have gotten better about that but still that's still i mean partly that's the image they still carry and it's their fault because that's what they did for decades AEW is not that case at all but i do worry that that's they're kind of setting that up as like i wonder what the ratings are going to be because the ratings for when the sports typically aren't as strong as ratings for men's sports and yes there's a different aspect to this women's sport because of the costumes even in AEW. but i would much rather see them just do a second show but just do a second show instead of like well it's all the men and all the women i mean that just seems kind of kind of sexist i don't i mean i don't know that i i don't think they're doing it for that reason at all i think they're just thinking this way we're highlighting the the women's talent which is great yeah that's what they're going for i think i think but i think you highlight the women's talent by including them in the main effort instead of just here's your show i mean that just i mean i it's my understanding that they're not going to be exclusively on the women's show well that's good so you know we'll still see them on dynamite and on uh rampage and of course at the pay-per-views and if that's the case then 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 why do it i mean it's just just do with do a third show if you need to do a third show if you have well actually they've got They've already got four shows. This is going to be a fifth. And do a fifth. I mean, just really strange to me is like that to me doesn't really promote that talent. I mean, look at it this way. Would they say it's like, wow, we sure have a lot of Latin wrestlers. Let's do a Latin wrestler show. And I don't mean Lucha. I mean, just because they're Latin. They would never in a million. Well, they would have done that 50, 70 years ago, but they would not be doing that now. Right. And it kind of smacks of that. And I'm sure that is not their thought process at all. But it really kind of feels like, well, let's stick the women in their show. I was like, dude, don't do that. Um, UFC doesn't have, oh, let's have the women's show. It's like they're they're on the show with everybody else. That that just is kind of bizarre. Anyway, hopefully it gets good ratings and hopefully I'm wrong. That would be fantastic. And it certainly wouldn't be the first time. It'd be the yes. first time this show. That I was wrong. So, uh, my God. Uh, so, all right, because we kind of are almost obligated to mention it. Did you see the trailer for Andor? I have not seen the trailer for Andor. I'm not sure. I will. I will give them this. Uh, it's the it's the new Star Wars series. We're getting three episodes next month, and it does look good. But I still can't understand why we're basing it around the character of Cassian Andor from Rogue Squadron, because we barely know the character. I mean, have him in it. That's fine. But why not base it around, you know, Mon Mothma, who has been around forever? Um, and I'm fairly certain she there was an actress in it who looked like she was playing that part or an early version of Rogue Squadron or something. 
but I don't understand basing it around him. The other thing is uh, they've said that they're going to end it after season two. And I thought, now these are like eight to ten episode seasons. Why not just make it one actual season length show and end it after that? Why are you breaking it up into two seasons? Because they have decided that, you know, if they only do one season and they have one season all set. And if it doesn't do well, then they can just say, yeah, we're going to can it before we do a second season and save money. I don't know. You would you would hope that they would actually do, like you said, do a full season. I mean, we're getting 18 episodes of Daredevil and apparently possibly 18 episodes of The Punisher. So that would be fantastic. I Yeah, I don't really get their their six episode and their eight episode season concept. It just seems kind of uh, kind of odd. And and honestly, I have zero interest in this, which is rather hypocritical because all I ever do is complain about how Star Wars, they've got this gigantic galaxy and they talk about the same six people all the damn time. Well, now they're finally branching out and I don't care. But the reason I don't care is because they do such a crappy job when they work with the same six people all the time. They do such a horrible job of telling the stories of people we should be interested in. I don't trust them to do a good job of telling the stories of new people. I think we just need to take a break for a little while. It would be nice. It would be very nice. Because I, I saw some of The Bad Batch and just lost interest because it wasn't interesting. I read a really good review of the problems with uh, the Kenobi show, which basically was like bullet points of what we've talked about. Except yeah. With better words. But, you know, just all the way down the line, it's like, well, this is stupid. And it's like, oh, let's have a chase with a, with a little girl who's trotting through the woods and escapes her. You know, it's just all the incredibly stupid things they did. It's like <laughs> you completely wasted arguably the two best characters in Star Wars. And you just threw that away. It's like, why on earth would you have any reason to think that they're going to do a competent job with brand new characters that they, they – or at least ah, small, small, ah, small care. There's your thinking. That's why you're. That's where your thinking is off. It's not where on Earth because they were not on Earth. They were on <laughs> uh, Alderaan during that particular chase scene you mentioned. That's so. What it was. That's th- that's where their thinking is. That's where their thinking is. It's definitely on a planet that blew up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just like you said. We just need a break from from their attempts to just mint money because that's all it is. I mean, are they telling anything really interesting? They're not. So not particularly, no. Stop for a while. Just find some people who are actually interested in telling stories. Mandalorian has been great. Yeah. You actually not arguing that. Who are interested in the Star Wars universe. It doesn't seem like anybody else that's doing work for them is. They don't get it. Or they don't understand how to make entertaining stories. They may love Star Wars, but they don't know what the hell they're doing when they actually produce it. So just stop it for a while. Yeesh. Maybe we should go to another country to find some other stuff. Cause we should. We can. We need to import things. Like, uh, <laughs> we can import See, I'm trying to pronounce the title of the movie you watched this week, and I'm probably not supposed to. Yeah, it's just RRR. There is a film on Netflix, which just actually was released this year. 
in India, and it is called RRR. It is an action drama, basically. That's actually what it says on IMDb, action drama. <clears throat> uh, the previews make it look like it's strictly an action picture. There's a lot of drama to this film. So what RRR stands for is basically revolution. It's, I don't even remember what the three R's are. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Rise, Roar, Revolt. That's what it stands for. Uh, it is about two gentlemen, and this is set in 1920 in India, so it's colonial India, and they are revolting against oppressive British rule. Like you I, do. I will, like you do. I will say at the outset that this is very over the top, uh, rather cartoonish. The, the, the British in this film are, they're portrayed the way Nazis were portrayed in 1950s movies, 1940s movies in the U.S. I mean, they're just so cardboard, twirling their mustache, villainous type stuff. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. There's no, they're just cardboard characters, absolutely. But it totally works in this movie because because they were oppressors and they don't really deserve to be treated as this is not like a serious film about how India came into its own. It's about these two guys and what they did to try to re get past the, the, the oppression of the, of the Brits. So when you look at it that way, it's very, very entertaining and that's what it's supposed to be. It's it's a Tollywood film. It's not a Bollywood film. It's a Tollywood film, but as follows with with Bollywood, with the uh, typical Bollywood film. Yes, there are a couple of song and dance numbers, even though it's this really serious action drama. Because, uh, you know, that's what you do. I was like, hey, let's have a dancing. Uh, and they're wildly entertaining. And then at the end, the cast comes out and they do the dance number at the very end, which is really fun. But the acting, the acting by the Brits, eh, not that much, but they're just... All they, they're just there, there to be mean and cruel, so they don't really have to do much. But the acting of the, the leads, really, really good, very entertaining. Like I said, this is on Netflix, and apparently it's doing really, really well on Netflix, and it should. Um, it's IMDb rating is 8. I think it's like a, in the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. It's very entertaining. It's a long movie, three hours and seven minutes. It doesn't. It does not feel like that, though. The pacing is very well done, and it's just how the two men have very different approaches about how they're working. One was one is working within the system, and one is outside of the system. And they're both ruggedly handsome, but all, but the one the one gentleman, <clears throat> I believe Ram Charan, this guy is so stupidly handsome. It's, it's like I would think most people would melt just looking at him, regardless of their sexual preferences. Like this guy is like ridiculously movie star good looking. Like Brad Pitt wishes he looked like this dude. It's crazy. The other guy just <laughs> looks like, yeah, he's good looking. But the action scenes are excellent. They have different fighting styles. There's some gunplay. Um, the dance scenes are a lot of fun, but it really works well as a drama, too. It really functions very well. Again, the bad guys are absolutely cardboard cutouts, but that's all they need to be for this kind of a movie. 
really entertaining. Absolutely did not feel like it's three hours. Felt like it's eh, a little under two, whatever, because it really moves along very well. Very well shot. Looks great. There's a lot of CGI animals, which, yeah, they're CGI animals. But, <laughs> you know, they work in the context of the film. You know, it's 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 not like the life of Pi, where you're just like, oh, you got to believe this tiger's real the whole time. It's like, and it doesn't work. They're they're just like parts of little set pieces. That's all it is. But really entertaining. Really, really enjoyed it. And it's in Hindi and a few other because it's on Netflix. It's probably in like in 18 languages. But yes, there's subtitles and quite a bit of it is in English as well. Super fun movie. And yeah, there are parts which are kind of tug at the heartstrings because again, part of it is a drama. But that there are certain act, certain scenes which almost could come from a Stephen Chow. So it, it gets kind of kind of wild at times. Really fun. And again, it's just called R R R, and that is on Netflix. Netflix is, I don't know. I'm trying to. It, it keeps seems like it's trying to kill itself off. And then it puts something out like this. Yeah. This is, well, I mean, this is not one of their originals. Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to imply it was one of their originals. But, but yeah, I mean, they do, they do a pretty good job of buying up properties as well. Well, at times, sometimes they do a terrible job. <laughs> it's like, why yeah. did you buy this? <clears throat> yeah, but this is really, really entertaining. And, <clears throat> and, uh, it, there are a lot of Bollywood films on Netflix. I mean, there are a lot of foreign films on Netflix in the past. We talked about it before in the past five or six years. I mean, they have really expanded that. And I don't mean Netflix in a foreign country. I mean, Netflix here in the U.S. So really, really big variety of things that you can watch. So you're not stuck with just watching what comes out in the U.S. There's a lot of stuff that you can you can pick up on, on Netflix for sure. So. Very also had something come out this week that I've been looking forward to because I thought it looked really cool. And it's not on Netflix. It's on Hulu, on Hulu. which means Disney. <laughs> and that that would be Prey. So we've talked about this and we knew that it was going to be uh, set a long time ago, apparently 1729, according to the credits. And we're following a... Uh, Young Comanche woman named Nauru and her dog Sauri. And it took me a while to catch on which name was which. For some reason, I had thought that, that Sauri was the dog for the first part. The names are going to get you a little bit lost in this. That's my only drawback from this movie. Um, we were talking about how there's going to be a Comanche audio track. Have I listened to it yet? No, I have not. There's a lot of Comanche spoken, even in the other ver- in the English version. And I know you watched this, too. I was I not to... able to find a Comanche audio track. Oh, I'm disappointed now. because I, Yeah, I hadn't even looked. Um, I was disappointed with the way the people spoke French, though. Not that they spoke French, but that the subtitles were still in French. Yeah. Like, that doesn't help. Did you get that, yeah. too? I got that, too. Yeah, the, anything. A lot of times when they ran the subtitles, they were in the original language, and it's was like, that's not helpful. So I don't. So it's an odd. The version that we both watch, then there's there's a lot of English in it, and the characters are just speaking English, just so you know what they're saying. There's a lot of Comanche, which is great, and they do subtitle that 
in English, usually, but the French isn't. The French is French, and it's just oh, here's what they said in French. It's like if I un if I if I understood French when I heard it, I probably wouldn't need to read it. But thanks. So yeah, they've done some really odd stuff. And again, the big story. Well, the big story was that it's supposed to be a great movie, and it is. But the big one of the big stories was that oh, it's going to be in Comanche. That's great. A lot of it is, but that's not what we're getting. I, what, like maybe 30, 40% is Comanche, do you think, roughly? Something like I'm that. not even going to say that much. Yeah, I mean, not that much. And I really was looking forward to just hearing the Comanche version and then just looking at the subtitles because that's what I'd rather do. Um, but hopefully that's just a glitch. Maybe that's just a glitch the way I watched it. Maybe it's available. It could be coming soon. Exactly, could be coming soon, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch this movie. This is I like the Predator redesign. I did too. <clears throat> it looked really good the way they did the effect with the uh, the cloaking device. Yep, I like it. There are a couple of new weapons that we had not seen the Predator use before, which I think is when, when you're going to have a Predator movie, you you kind of watch it to go. What weapons does he have this time? And it, and it makes sense that you can – because they're not really advances, and they shouldn't be. This is a Predator from 300 years ago. Right. So, so, and and the, the design – it's not a radical redesign. So it's not like, oh, man, they really changed the Predator. It's like they did, but, I mean, it's still – you look at it, and it's like, yep, that's a Predator. Yeah, th th there's not – you're not going to mistake it for a My Little Pony. It's <laughs> – no, you're not. No, you're it, not. It, it's a it's a seven foot predator, <laughs> and it you know it still has the uh I, I don't have a description for the mouth, but it you know you know the mouth the predator has. Yeah, it still yeah. has that. Yeah, it still has the weird like chelicery, like a like an insect weird mouth kind of thing, or like a crustacean. But uh, I really to me this is the best predator movie since the first predator movie, and and. I'm actually going to say it's the best Predator movie since the second Predator movie because I, for some reason I like the second one better than the first one. I know I I'm weird. I knew you were going to come up with the second one. I wasn't sure if you were going to like this better than the second one or not. But this is a really good Predator movie. And the, the last – the recent, recent one they did, that was okay, but nah. The Predators movie, that was pretty good, but I mean – and all the Predator versus Alien, I don't even know how many – 80,000 movies of those freaking things they've done. but they're I think there's movies. only two, actually. It, it feels, feels like more. Yeah, because they're just... Ugh. But it's not, that they're, it's not that they're terrible, but it was like, okay, there's aliens and there's predators and people get killed and one person lives. So it's like, that's all that ever happens in the, in the movies. It's just they're so interchangeable. But this was a really interesting storyline. I love the fact that everybody in it, except the dude playing the predator... Native American, which kind of nice to have Native yeah. Americans play Native Americans. Imagine that. What a concept. Uh, yeah, there's only a few people who have who have to really do a lot of heavy lifting as far as the acting. Amber Midthunder, the star, she is great. I mean, this woman needs to be in a lot of movies, a lot of movies. Dakota Beavers plays her brother. He is great. I mean, I... Please don't, please don't make them just play. All they're going to do is play Comanches. It's like they just need to play people. They were both really, really good. 
I mean, she absolutely, as far as an actor can carry a movie in this kind of a movie, right? Because it's science fiction or however you want to call it. Right. I'm sorry. It's an action drama horror film, according to IMDb. Uh, no science fiction whatsoever. That's rather odd. Thanks, IMDb. But as far as an actor can carry this kind of movie, she carries this movie. She is so good, so entertaining. And she is uh, – there's a lot of emotional depth to what she does. She's also badass, believably a badass. And it, it was a fun film. Very fun, very entertaining. I like that when the uh... – there is a scene, I guess it's toward the end, this is not really a spoiler, but uh, when they set up two characters to be bait for the Predator, keep yeah. your eye on the horses. Because <laughs> I thought that was a glitch at first until I realized what was going on. Then I went, oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. And it, it, it's, it's not necessarily a... It's not necessarily supposed to be a comedic thing. It just turns out to be funny. Watch yeah. it. You'll understand. There's a couple light moments to it, for sure. Um, because you need you need it in movies like this, absolutely. But I am surprised. I mean, I guess just because of still COVID and the rest of it. But I'm surprised that this wasn't a theatrical release. Because I think this would have done really well. I, mean, I think the reason it was is because it's not long enough. It's long enough. Um, it, well, it's an hour 22. Uh, hour and 39. I don't know what you're looking at. Maybe I was looking. Okay, that, that makes more sense than I. Yeah, I don't know. According maybe to was, IMDb, let's put it that way. Once you take off the credits, maybe it is an hour and 22. Yeah. Now, see, here's uh, another thing. Did you catch the thing at the. Because uh, I know Hulu likes to. Uh, do things like, oh, the credits have started. Would you like to watch this show? We're starting it in three, two. Stop it from doing that because there's a mid-credit scene, kind of. Yeah, I watched Kind of, yes, which was very cool. And I'm um, wondering if there – I'm not going to tell – you know, do this as a spoiler, but there is a weapon at the very end of the movie that might show up again in a different Predator movie. And I'm by, by which I mean a movie that came chronologically after it, but theatrically before it. Yes. Exactly. I need to go back and watch both of those. I'll get back to you next week. <laughs> exactly. This movie was really, like you said, it was really, really fun. And I haven't read to hear if all the little butthurt boys are crying because it's woke because a female is the lead. Probably they are. And, oh, my God, she doesn't have pale white skin either, so that's another problem. This movie is really, really fun. And, yeah, it, part of it is about that a woman can do what a man can do, generally speaking. And that's a part of the story. But the storyline is there's a predator and there's prey. That's, that's the story. There you go. Don't need anything else. No, we don't. And it's just so well done. I really, really enjoyed this. But again, See, we're started on a bad note, ending on a good note. We need to do this more often. See, Hollywood, we need to do this more often. <laughs> it's like, send us good movies, for God's sakes. It's, it's not our fault we're not doing this every episode. But yeah, that is the end of, that's the end for this week. 
Tune in next week when we'll find out if that weapon at the end of Prey is something that shows up later. Because I'll look that up. In the meantime, COVID is still out there. Monkeypox are out there just for amusement purposes, I guess. If you have to go outside, wear a mask. Otherwise, I'm just going to recommend the same thing I recommend every week. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, And on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Darn, that's the end.